Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries. Featuring Dave AC, The Sixth Doctor, and Randall Thor. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special Coltham Collective Commentaries. Yes, the snow is falling outside. Christmas time is here. And if you're not listening to this at Christmas time, then um, spin on. Uh, and look who's coming in uh, on a horse-drawn carriage. It's none other than Mr. Dave AC. Good <laughs> tidings to you, sir. Well, yes, thank you, Ian. Uh, actually, I'm not feeling too good, you know. Um, I think I've got a bit of jaundice. I was looking in the mirror, my eyes are definitely a little bit yellow. And judging by a, a mask image I'm looking at, so is a friend of ours called Mike. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm around here somewhere. Just uh, don't try not to play games with me. I'm a cheetah uh, at games. Yeah, I mean, he just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, see, that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Can't play fair. Well, you know what? I, I, I think I know the answer to this. What we all need is a nice glass of milk. Now, where can we get milk at this hour? Ooh, I wonder uh, where. Jeff! Jeff, are you here? Could you bring some milk? Yes, I'll just back up the milk truck. <laughs> yes, we have a special guest along with us tonight. It's Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. Hello! Hey. Hello, Jeff! Glad I could make it with you guys tonight. How did, you end up, how did you end up with that last name anyway? The Seventh Doctor. It's also the uncommon. The Seventh Doctor? Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um... Boy, I don't know. Uh, maybe because I have the sonic screwdriver? <laughs> I don't know. All right, as long as you've got a spare pun book, then, then you're welcome here. <laughs> All right. Although, I, you know, I hold it upside down, my sonic screwdriver. Oh, I thought you meant the pun book. <laughs> it would explain a lot <laughs> about the too. puns on this show. That too. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess you're wondering why we gathered you all here tonight. Yes. Well, we're about to... Um, supply you with an extra special little Coldham Christmas gift. Yes, we're going back in time, and we're talking all over the top of a classic Who episode. Hooray! Hey! And Dave, why did we pick this particular classic Who episode? Well, it's um, about 25 years ago. Not exactly to the day, but it's um, on uh, November the 22nd, uh, 1989, when it uh, first aired, and I think with my maths, that is actually 30, 35 years ago, isn't it? Not 25, 35 years. Goodness gracious. And to know, it was actually on my birthday when this aired. Yeah, I was only 43 then. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be 43 now, Jeff? Um, I am 43. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm 42. <laughs> Poor Dave. Well, for today, for today's 
commentary, I'm 43 again. Whatever you like. Whatever does it for you. <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to get on and talk all over the top of the very last episode of Classic Who, Save the Movie, which I don't even know what you call that. Middle Who? Border. Borderline. Border, borderline Who? It's the border in-between. In-betweeny in Who. <laughs> no, it's 25. You sure now? Are you sure, yeah. Dave? Any advances on 25? I'm, I'm sure you'll edit my mistake out. Yeah, it's 25 years. <laughs> edit. Give or, give or take. <laughs> give or take a decade. No, yeah, it's, give or take just a, just, it's just a decade. Yeah, that's nothing. All right. Well, yes, we're about to embark on our own little survival course here by talking a little bit. Old it, old it, old old What? What? 89, 99, 2009, that's 20, through 14. It's 25 years. I'm not a decade out. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I'm feeling well. Some idiot, uh, some idiot said 35 years, and I'm just correcting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that idiot needs to be... T- yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, enough chit-chat amongst us. <laughs> and math lessons. <clears throat> it's time to get on with the commentary. Yes, we're talking all over the top of survival. Episodes 1, 2, and 3. And uh, we hope you will uh, join us in this little jaunt back in time. So, gentlemen, have you got your official BBC copies of Survival at the ready? I have indeed. It's on Memorex. <laughs> I had my episode paused, but ready to, ready to play. I <sighs> am all set to go. Okay, well, seems like we're all ready to pounce on this episode. So, here we go. In five, four, three, two, one, play. And we can talk quite a while here, folks. <laughs> do, do, do. It's oh, there's it. that comet. What's that comet called, Jeff? <laughs> I remember when this, first, you know, when this first came out, this was like, oh, wow, high tech. Doctor Who's like really, you know, now it's a bit kind of cheesy. 80s. <laughs> it's probably... I was going to say it was one of my least favorite title sequences, but I forgot about all the Moffat Who ones. I quite Those liked are... it when it came out. Yeah. Fancy having a face in the title sequence, hey? Yeah. They don't do that to... now, do they? <laughs> it wasn't until recently that I actually found out that, and I probably said this on over a Battlefield commentary. Yes, it's in the feeds, folks. Um, that uh, they actually paste, painted Sylvester's face silver. It wasn't like a video effect. They just painted the poor bugger silver. <laughs> Yes, they did. Mm. And they didn't have to. It's Ivan Buttons. Yes, it is. Nice little animatronic cat there. Animatronics in Doctor Who. Car washing in Doctor Who. Is that Prince William? I'm not sure whether this guy ever acted again. (laughs) (laughs) He disappeared after this. He's gone. I'm not even sure of his name. Oh, yes, there he is. Is that Clara's house? It looks like Clara's house. <laughs> washing, the man washing his car uh, was Damon Jeffrey. And 
He was an extra in Curse of Fenric. Um, and he also played the cheetah in Survival. So, uh, yes, he was uh, quite busy in Doctor Who for two episodes. Oh, this is looking good. Speaking of Curse of Fenric, even though we can't really see the, the coat now, isn't there a patch? A new patch that was added on the on this to refer back to Curse of Fenric? I read somewhere there's a patch that references it. It's a, a badge. Yeah, mm. badge, patch, whichever. <laughs> yeah, after... Uh... Oh, <laughs> Damon Jeffrey has uh, gone on and done even more Doctor Who. Ah. He was the hotel oh. room clown in the God Complex. Huh. Ah. So he's been in, in, in uh, Old Who and New Who. Uh, he's also been in Distant Shadow, The Bill, Murder in Mind, uh, Judge John Deed, and Summer Rain. And when you can see more of the coat, be on the lookout for the Red Army pin-on badge given to Ace by Captain Soren mm-hmm. in the Curse of Fenric. Horses? Horses for courses. Of course. <laughs> different look for, for Ace in this one. We're, we're kind of seeing this mature kind of look to her. She's, you know, now the coat's over her shoulder rather than it being worn. There's definitely a definite change, you know, since Fenric, I think. She kind of grew up in Fenric. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see the development of the character, you know, and... and an adjustment. I don't think the streetwise thing worked all that well, and so you know. So who's going to be? The, like, I guess I will be the first to mention the Cartmel master plan. <laughs> yeah, his uh, master plan. He said at a convention I was at was just get the scripts in on time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? The doctor was standing next to. I think a payphone. You don't see those nowadays. No. And this also had a completely different look to the last episode because this was all done on the outside broadcast, wasn't it? Uh, but, of course, um, yes, it was. Uh, ghost, ghost Light had all been done in the studio. So uh, th- this was a complete contrast. Right. It was one of three stories to be filmed on, completely on outside broadcast. The others being the Sontaran Experiment from 75 and right. Curse of Fenric. Ah. And uh, of course, no, no appear, no inside interior Tarda shots in this one at all. Yeah, they had already taken that. They had already struck that set. Mm-hmm. You could sort of see it, they were doing that in, in what Ghost Light, I think it was. They, they struck- were in the Tarda, oh. and it was already being deconstructed. I was going to say, somebody knew what was happening, did they? Yeah, yeah. I believe the set was deteriorating. Oh, okay. That's what and was, and in the last couple that they filmed it, they had darkened the inside mm. so you wouldn't notice yeah in other words we're not going to put any more money into this because we know what we're going to do right that's julian holloway playing patterson i didn't realize he's, he actually moved from uh from england to to, to hollywood 
What? On the strength of his performance here? Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually pretty good in this. Yeah, he is, he is. He's... Actually, uh, Sylvester's looking quite dapper in this one as well. I think that suits him better, that uh, outfit. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, um, he has gone on to do rather well. Um, he was uh, part of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, played Prime Minister Al, uh, Almec, uh, Admiral Kalan. Yeah, uh, did eight episodes of that. Uh, he's also been on the regular show. Um, a lot of voice work, but it looks like uh, Dragon Age Origins. Video game. Yep. Regular show is an animated series on Cartoon Network. Yep. So, yeah, he's been keeping himself busy. And uh, back in 1993, he played Jim... In an episode, no cause for concern. In Casualty. 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 Right. Get it in early. Cats. <laughs> I'm just looking. She's Sophie Aldridge's about 27 now. Still playing about 10 years under her age. Yeah. She still is very, very nice. <laughs> oh, watch your milk, Jeff. <laughs> I need to get my bowl. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out later. Yes. Oh, it, it, it's open all hours, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> it's an right yeah. store. I just passed the right store. Cranville. <laughs> 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 Where's Gladys Emmanuel when it you does need actually to look rather like the, the <laughs> front of the store. <laughs> yeah, they actually put stuff outside. Didn't expect to get nicked. Then yep. ah, here we are. Yep, uh, some stunt casting here for for uh, Doctor Who, which is unusual for for Doctor Who. Never happens. Uh, an appearance by uh, comedians, uh, very popular at the time. Uh, Hale and Pace, Norman Hale and Gareth, uh, Nor- uh, Gareth Hale and Norman Pace, playing Harvey and Len. Yeah, you know, I used to love watching their comedy show. <laughs> it must have been really. Scratch has come up with these names. Feline, what's it? Furry, what's it? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, Helen Pace was on our screens from 88 to, to 98. Go on in. Go on. Roaring. Oh, 
<laughs> and we're coming up to the 10 minute mark Lorian Lorian <laughs> <laughs> not, not <laughs> are watching folks <laughs> uh, quite unusual this actually being a uh, wow uh, uh, a three episode story I can't remember many others right well, what, I think that was becoming the trend for Sylvester McCoy's stories I think uh, Ghostlight was three parts right the last three seasons they did two three episode stories and two four episode stories yeah. The last, that that last, the sixth and seventh Doctor eras of Doctor Who were interesting in terms of episode structure. There was an ex- one season experiment and with Colin Baker of forty five minute minute episodes, and then we returned here to twenty five minute episodes. And this, these would be the last three twenty five minute episodes of Doctor Who, well ever so far since the modern series is all 45-minute episodes. I think, but, uh, is that the badge there, the red one there? Is that the badge you're talking about, on his shoulder? Might be. I'll go ahead and mention here the writer of this story, Rona Monroe. Uh, this is the first, well, only story for Doctor Who that she wrote. And let's look at the list of, let's see what else Rona has done. Uh, before this, she was a writer on the TV series The Play on One back in 89, so same year. Since then, she's gone on to write one episode of Casualty. Casualty! 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 Uh, episodes of Almost Adult Rehab, I'm the Father, Amy and Jaguar, Bump... Bumping the Odds, Screen 2, and uh, a newly, recently announced project, Untitled Loach Monroe Project, that doesn't really have a title yet, coming up in 2016. So she's still around. Oh. I didn't catch her name. Uh. Um. Ange. Ange. Yeah. K- Kate Easton, is it? Yeah. Kate Eaton, yeah. Kate Eaton. 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 Show me. Uh, she's uh, most recently. Well, it looks like she she dropped off of acting uh, after like 1997. Uh, but after uh, Doctor Who, she did uh, Between the Lines and uh, episodes of The Bill.
Now, the first time it went up like that, I assume it was because he was looking up at the, the cat on the wall, but there it looks as though it, it just changes in size. Is this one of your favourites? Before we, I know we'll wrap up at the end, Jeff, but is this one you were really keen on of uh, Sylvester's? Oh, let's see. Sylvester had 12 stories outside of the TV film and the 30th anniversary. Um, this was um, well, probably in the top four or five of my favourites of his. Um, my my favorites would probably be uh, Remembrance and Curse of Fenric. All right. Ghost I mean, Lights I'll... up there too, but uh, go ahead, Dave. I was say I, I like the partnership. I thought that's what worked. I'm not I'm not saying that you know he was weak and needed a strong companion, but for whatever reason, uh, their partnership worked well. I thought they were a good uh, good team. Yeah, there was good chemistry between the two of them. One of my favorite pairings from the classic series. I would agree. I, I like the the way they pair together. <laughs> As Doctor and Companion. Yep. It's 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 a it, the two actors, they bounce well off of each other. Right. They still do too. I mean, whenever you see the two of them together, they they just there's obviously some some kind of chemistry there between the two of them and you know. Just enough creepiness in this to keep you going. Keep yeah. not a lot of action in this one. Well, perhaps there may be. Perhaps I was short. Perhaps I was wrong. Ah! Didn't expect that. Nope. That's what Stephen Moffat says. You know, surprising with something like a horse in the middle of an episode, Mike. <laughs> a cat person riding a horse. Yeah, that. Stephen Moffat written all over it. <laughs> oh, see in the credits. <laughs> well, the writer of this episode was Scottish, so <laughs> Stephen Moffat is Scottish. Our current doctor is Scottish. Goes on and on and on. Now we had a Scottish doctor in this story. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. It's the Scottish conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> the Scottish agenda. That's cat food, matey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The woman who was... Uh... Who was uh, showing the doctor away uh, while he was laying his trap was uh, Muriel Wellesley, who also played a resi in Paradise Towers. Oh, oh, Quarry! <laughs> Don't see them in Doctor Who. <laughs> 
Now, I wonder what the brigadier would say if he saw that looking out the window. He'd say, it looks like what? <laughs> Roma. <laughs> now, when I first watched it, I, I rewatched it. I couldn't. There was no clues to know why he would say, take me away to another planet. I mean, he reveals it later, but I mean, I'm thinking, well, why would he think that? What, how's he got to that conclusion right. from trying to feed a cat, you know? Blue Peter badge? Two blue Peter badges. Oh, dead creepy. Dead and creepy. The hunt is on. Wow, well, we've got this brief moment of respite. Let me just mention I'm drinking a, an old vine granacha from Spain. 2013, Ian. Excellent. I'm enjoying a Randall Graham uh, Zinfandel. Oh, lovely. Uh, a nice, nice label on Uncle Louis Vineyard. Deadly finger. (laughs) 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 Didn't they do that with the Twelfth Doctor recently? Right. Did he do a a finger thing? I thought so. I'm I'm trying to remember which episode, though. Ask Mike, he's an expert. I don't remember anything like that. You might have read it in the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even remember a stage direction like that. But while I'm glancing at it here, I will go ahead and mention the director of this episode is Alan... Let's see if I can pronounce this last name here. Alan Waring. It's pronounced W A spelled W A R E I N G. Alan Waring. Waring. Um, Waring. Thank Waring. you. Waring. Yep. Waring. Uh, let's see here. Let's look through lists of what he's written. Lots of episodes of uh, Emmerdale Farm. Episodes of Coronation Street. And a lot of episodes of Casualty. Yeah, um, from eighty-seven going to two thousand one. Wow! Wow! Long run on Casualty, Wycliffe, and three episodes. He's directed three episodes of Doctor. Well, three stories of Doctor Who. This Ghostlight and Greatest Show in the Galaxy. So there you go, Alan Waring. Thanks for that. Hello, Derek. Hello, Derek. I'm playing... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do my best at this. Uh, playing Sharila is uh, Sakuntala uh, Ramani. Woo! Mm-hmm. Okay, Got through awesome. it without tripping. And... Uh, oh, he's going to sort of... Still working today. I've uh, got... Uh, 
couple of things in the in the pipeline here: Honeycomb Lodge, uh, Sarah's hopefully wonderful wedding, and Self Made, which are all uh, due out uh, this year. Um, she also does a voice on the Doctor Who online and on Doctor Who online adventures TV series short. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Now that's a big quarry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I saw. I think I saw a hand under that rock. <laughs> She's also been in the Bill, Holby City, Emmerdale. Uh, Oh, she was in Green Hill in 2002. Wow. Still watching mm. Green Hill. She one of her her first uh, credits was uh, was this. I think they're being guided somewhere. Hmm. Who's in the shadows? Ah, ah! It's the master. Oh, no unexpected pleasure. Cue credits. There's a cliffhanger ending. Yes. Of course, an appearance there at the very end by Anthony Ainley, who I don't think has ever done any Doctor Who before in his life. <laughs> After this, I think the only other Doctor Who that he worked on was the... Doc- there, was a, there was a PC game. Yes. Uh, Destiny was. of the Doctors that he, wor- that he worked on. But he was forcing the master. Passed away... Same year that production began on the modern series. Mm. He was offered a role in the TV film, but he turned it down. Yeah. There was actually, um, um, no, no, a lot of fans um, noticed, but there was actually, uh, he had a contract for his appear- appearances in, in the show. I think it was every two years. So oh. that they had a. An option on him, and he—he he didn't actually need the work. Um, he was uh, well, what? What's the terminology? Independently wealthy, uh, self-sufficient, yeah. self-sufficient. A man, of ind- a man of independent means. Yeah, there you go. And uh, so didn't didn't need the work, um, but liked the work. Um, big big cricket fan. Anyway, the the cricket's done. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably roll on straight into the next episode if uh, the other gentlemen in the room are ready. And now, episode two. <laughs> well, just wait till I've queued it up, would you? <laughs> yeah. Get in the queue. Go. <sighs> and now, switch the cassette tape to side B. Yes. <laughs> turn <laughs> turn your VCR cassette to side B. <laughs> oh, dear. That's how I distribute podcasts. There you go. All right. So, yeah, that was part one. And uh, we're going to roll straight into part two. And uh, we'll see where the rest of it takes us. So, gentlemen, are you ready? Indeed you do. I'm ready here. I'm ready to go. Okay. So, if everybody else is ready at home, here comes the countdown. In five, four, three, two, one, play. We just see this. <laughs> see what? I don't know no, what you're talking about. Hey, there goes that comet. What's it called? <laughs> Looked like a bunch of junk to me. I don't know, but I think I saw a rosetta on it. 
Oh, a TARDIS without the St. John's emblem on it. And inside a bubble. Yeah. Almost looks 3D there, doesn't it, with the colours they've chosen, as though you mm. could put the old-fashioned, you know, the old uh, green and red uh, glasses on. It was red and blue. But I red and blue, and blue yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Is it 25 years I'm or 35 years? Yeah, I've had mistakes now, Jeff. You'll have to watch out. Oh, dear. Part two, in case you were wondering. It's part two. Oh, good. I, I was confused. <laughs> now, part two is also in part one, and uh, went on to do some great things. Yeah. It's quite a long overlap here, really, when you think about it. Mm. It's brilliant how they memorized exactly every movement again. <laughs> I know. Wow. The takes that they do on these are just brilliant. That's, They're good. That's, that's, they must have had a good continuity person on this one. Yep. Well, no one expected this time. We saw you last time. Yeah, now it's completely expected. <laughs> And of course, uh, the Master isn't the only uh, appearance he's made in Doctor Who. He also played uh, Tremas in The Keeper of Trocken. He played the poor Treve in Castrovella. You mean even <laughs> back then they were doing anagrams of yes. the Master? Huh. Harold Saxon. So w- when they were filming these scenes on the on for the planet of the cheetah people... It, it, it got to temperatures outside of around what thirty-eight Celsius, hundred Fahrenheit, Oof. and and they had to the, the actors had to wear all of that. One of from one of the act one of the extras actually removed her costume and just walked away, never to return to set. Yike! Hmm. I don't think it's ever been that hot in this UK, is it? But it would be in the direct sunlight, because when they give out official temperatures, it's uh, in the shade, isn't it? Yep. Which, the, when the extra walked away, that actually caused quite a bit of delay. Let's find a replacement. Uh, I can only imagine wearing all of that in that was temperature. It, I'm guessing hmm? it was one of the, the cheetah people. Yeah, it was one of the cheetah people. She removed her cheetah costume and just walked away. <laughs> she had enough. Yeah. She took her litter box and went home. (laughs) (laughs) They're not dogs. They don't fetch. (laughs) Cats fetching. I was just looking to see what else was happening around 1989. <laughs> Not a lot. The most, <laughs> the most important thing that happened, I can see here on the wiki page, is um, uh, the, the movie The Little Mermaid <laughs> uh, was released. So can you believe that's 25 years ago? Oh. It was the year I graduated high school. Wow. Wow. And it was the year I achieved your age. 
Yes. <laughs> That's quite well done, actually. Mm. Of course, in New Who, they perfected the whole cat person makeup uh, bit. <laughs> but yes. For yeah. the time that this was done, uh, it's quite, quite good. Bit shaky the, uh, <laughs> the background, but hey. matte painting. If that's what they used, that, that was from what was it? New, 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 new Earth was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean the the. Uh, I think these are pretty good. The uh, the cut uh, suits. I mean, they certainly passed for the day. Right. But I mean, uh, in in that episode, and and when they've come on with things like the Weeping Angels, the the quality is brilliant. Mind you, it's like some of the some of the uh, some of the cosplayers are actually better than, than the costumes <laughs> that they have in these. Oh, there's some more milk for you. Mm. And that's Jack Talbot playing the milkman. He uh, was an extra in Remembrance of the Daleks, uh, Paramilitary and Silver Nemesis, and uh, an insect husk in Ghostlight. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> what a thing to put on your resume. <laughs> insect husk. So, what have you been up to lately? Ah, insect husk. And I played played a peanut shell in an advert, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hold my hat on. Those horse skulls behind him, I looks of it. Yeah. The only other parents I've got listed for for Mr. Talbot uh, is uh, Biker Grove. An episode of Biker Grove. Pop net. Nothing more. Maybe he went back to being a milkman. I mean, the the budget's obviously gone up on Doctor. I mean, uh, with the with the recent, um, you know, uh, like the Moon episode, they go all the way to uh, where did they go to Lanzarote? Was it for the uh, Oh no! Was it was it Lanzarote? Yeah, was, was it Lanzarote or Iceland they went to for the, uh, for, the uh, for the moon service? Yeah, because Doctor Who, uh, you know, classic Doctor Who could never afford to go to Lanzarote. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, <sighs> they'd have to sell chameleon to do that, wouldn't they? Oh, crazy nutters. Yes, cult and collective will take over the world. If anybody shows up. (laughs) It's because you weren't there, Ian. It's because you weren't there, Ian. They didn't want to go with the second string. Now, wait a minute. I was there. Oh, indeed. You were leading the, uh, the, the troops. 
I'm talking about the leadership. <laughs> what we're saying is we missed you, Ian. Oh, thank you. It's good to be missed. It is indeed. I gave out your greetings. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Were any stage door, was it called, stage door Johnny's waiting for you? I did, did, did do one autograph, you know. Oh, very good. Unfortunately, if it was if it was one of the other cast members. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't somebody who wanted to rebet back on the tickets? <laughs> oh! <laughs> and uh, is it my imagination that we're already nine minutes and 18 seconds in? Watch out for the Blake second cast and the uh, seven cast. <laughs> we don't have a um, a place for where this was filmed, do we? Can't see anything. Well, which do you mean, Dave? This the section for the. For the planet, planet here, or back on Earth? Well, well, the the final battle was uh, done on the hill fort at Horsden Hill. Right. Paravale. Ah, oh, real Paravale. Yep. It was. Yeah. It was mostly filmed in Paravale. Can you imagine Paravale? Can you imagine that pitching that to the storyline? We're we're going to take Ace back to Paravale, and we're going to film it in Paravale. This isn't Croydon. <laughs> Where's the logic in that? Oh, they never listen to the doctor. Where's your Nitro 9, Ace? I said in the TARDIS. Uh, Like she was told. For (laughs) once. That's quite good. I like that. Fancy the doctor telling people not to run. I mean, that must be... (laughs) After that... After 26 years, they had to do something different. Hello, I'm the doctor. Basically, run. (laughs) Basically, don't run. Wait, I don't know. Wait, you mind And we're watching. Oh, yep. I'm just thinking how well she's doing. Our, uh, well, you'll tell us who it is in a minute, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure that you, the listeners, know this, but of course, this was the last. This is the last story 
transmitted, but not the last story produced. That honor goes to Ghostlight. Last story produced. Oh, there's an egg in the sky. Hmm. <laughs> That's no moon. <laughs> it's a kinder surprise. Nice kitty. Well, fighting over the here, uh, fighting over the pole. Right. Run while they're fighting, matey. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the addition of the 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 ruins um, uh, to show that you know at one point this could have been who knows it could have been new 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 Earth, and this is what's happened to the cat people, you know. Indeed. And I'm going to give another time check. We're uh, 13 minutes and 58 seconds. I like my masters sinister rather than mad. I mean, they're usually mad as well, but sinister's the uh, the portrayal. Right. Oh, is that the badge? Right, well, we couldn't make out which one it was. <laughs> and I kind of get the master right in this one, too. There's this kind of cool viciousness to him, but, you know, rather than the kind of some of the pantomime um hopscotch type master that, that Anthony unfortunately got lumbered with at times. Yeah. And that's uh, Will Barton playing Midge. Uh, he's most recently been in The Theory of Everything as a technician. Uh, Chubby Bunny. Uh, he's also had uh, appearances in EastEnders. How Do You Want Me? Uh, the Bill Barking Space Precinct. Oh, Space, yeah. That's the mixed one, isn't it, with actors and uh, um, animatronics? I believe so, yeah. I think it was... Um, it was a Jerry Anderson production. Yeah. He's got John this too. <laughs> vampire cat. <laughs> I I used to own a vampire cat. Oh. Had very long fangs. Oh yeah. 
Was it a particular breed of cat that, that meant that? Or? I, he was Burmese. One of those is either uh, uh, any Derek, I think, uh, played by David John. Um, he later went on to uh, and voiced uh, Liam McShane in the Big Finish production audio story The Rapture. It's funny seeing somebody that in, in this episode that went on to do Big Finish. <laughs> Done over fifty, I think. Hello. Nice little effect that. Mm. But what Dave is 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 skirting around is the uh, is our cat friend here. Kara is uh, being played by uh, Lisa Bowman. Hey, who uh, has had uh, a couple of other appearances in Doctor Who, uh, Saruba Velik in Dreamland. Uh, she actually was—I uh, didn't realize this—but she was in the Five-ish Doctors reboot as well. Um, but of course, best known for playing Bernie Summerfield in uh, the Big Finish audio plays. Yeah, done. As I say, 50 of those, I think. Yeah. Uh, but she's also uh, um, been in Coronation Street, Doctors, and uh, from 1986 to 2007, uh, had uh, many appearances in Casualty. Casualty? Casualty. Oh. Yep. So I'm just reading here. Uh, of course, I mentioned the writer of this episode, Rona Monroe. Uh, she, the story she developed here, she was using themes of themes of moral, the, the morals of hunting. Uh, working titles for this episode for this story included Cat Flap, Cat Flap, and Blood Hunt. Uh, title Survival was chosen by Cartmel. She did, she wasn't that thrilled about the the. Uh, the cat costume is the cheetah people costumes. Uh, in an interview back in 2007, she said, they should have just had cheetah eyes and a very faint pigmentation round, uh, round of cheetah spots and big canine teeth. And in fact, I think the actors that were cast from what, what I was told were doing all this wonderful expressive facial work. And then these Puss and Boots things were dropped on them. Mm. And so you can't see what they were doing under there, particularly Kara and Ace. They were... There, there were whole amazing scenes between them, and for me, that was supposed to be my, that was that, for me that was supposed to be my lesbian subtext, and you can't see it. Yeah. From an interview with Rona, two thousand seven. So yeah, just she wasn't thrilled with the costumes; it covered up the faces and ruined it for her. Damn you, Moffat. <laughs> 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 Well, it'd be nice if we got some, like, I don't know, viewing figures. Yeah, we haven't had those. Yeah. 
And our casualty reference, I, I think someone's supposed to be doing that. I don't yeah. know. I think it's somebody's responsibility. Dave, that's you we're talking about. Just, just so you know. <laughs> that's your cue, Dave. You have to, you have to prompt me again. Viewing figures. Viewing <laughs> figures, sir. Dave. I was watching. I was watching. Can't, can't do oh, it. Okay, Pay one, attention. Then. Pay attention. I think I might save it till the next episode now. Just to, just to, just to uh, pique your interest. Give me time to look it up. Uh, <laughs> well, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to do it. Do it, Jeff. You're the guest. You do it, please. Be my guest. All right. Well, for viewing figures for part one, we had 5 million viewers on the nose, 5.0 million. Part two had 4.8 million viewers. That's the episode we're watching right now. And episode three had, again, it rose back up to 5 million. So pretty even all the way through. Perfect reason to cancel a perfectly good show. Yeah. Five million people watched it. That's nothing. Of course, there's nothing in this story, as it was originally written to signify it was the last story. It was only late in production that uh, John Nathan Turner realized this might actually be it. So we'll all go over what he had Cartmel write when we see it next episode. And I must, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously off my game today, <laughs> isn't he always? Um, but when you were talking um, uh, about uh, Lisa Bauman, did you mention that she did some voice acting work on Dreamland? Yes, I did. I don't know where you were. But... I was watching the programme. It's so good, it's <laughs> the Seventh Doctor. And here we go, this is, I mean, this is echoed um, recently in Doctor Who too with you know the Doctor using the companion to to you know escape to to get a resolution you know oh oh the finger oh yellow eyes is back <laughs> especially a uh, an album title believe it or not from Brent Spiner from Star Trek. <laughs> of course, yeah. There you go. That's uh, the end of part two, folks. No, no, it's got at least another 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, yeah. <laughs> uh, something like that. Give or take. I mean, definitely longer opening credits and closing credits. To say the episode is only 25 minutes long. Right. Although I like the music, I must admit. Well, these days, too, the credits scroll by so damn fast, you know. Yeah. Covered up by continuity announcements. Of course, the yep. version we're watching doesn't wouldn't include that, but, you know. John Nathan Turner. Never heard of him. Who? Or his Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, there's part two in the bag, folks. Alright, well, no more beating about the bush. Let's get straight on to the final episode. Gentlemen, are you ready? 
Indeed. Ready over here? I'm good. Let's engage. Wrong show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you could have gone with Tally Ho and that would have been acceptable. Ah, uh, all right. Tally Ho. Tally Ho. And if everybody is ready, set, and willing and able at home, we shall begin in five, four, three, two, one, play. Now sit back for about 45 <laughs> seconds. Hum along. final time. Do, 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 title sequence. Do, 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 do. As Ian sings along. Yep. Well known for my singing along. Uh. Not well, but well <laughs> known for singing along. Do, 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 do. Oh, I didn't say... Did you... I didn't see St. John's Ambulance on the door then. Wow. That would be really amazing if somebody hadn't brought it up in one of the previous episodes. I was going to say, didn't we do that last episode? Day late and a dollar short day. That's a week ago. Wasn't it? Or maybe it was just a few seconds. Wibbly wobbly. Timey wimey. Wimey. You know, guys, I'm always too busy thinking what I'm going to say. So listen. <laughs> One thing I don't understand is the cat people, the cheetah people, were able to go to Earth. Why didn't he hitch a ride with them since he seemed to be able to control them? I don't understand. Well, he was under guard, wasn't he, in the, in the tented village? Mm. Oh, yeah. She's better. I think this is the first time I've actually heard heard one of them talk. It does seem strange, isn't it, that these others have been there longer and not started to convert. I wondered that too. Well, uh, Mitch actually killed one of the cheetah people. So he had direct, like, physical contact with, like, blood and whatever and there was some kind of bonding that that happened with the two of them at the water the others have just been chased and hunted so I'm guessing there's some kind of like physical contact necessary and Hello? Um, <laughs> well well bitch works on his car sounds <laughs> I will take these teeth okay. out. <laughs> so I'm noticing something else with the uh, the writer Rona Monroe. She, this was, I guess, an, an uncommon instance where the writer of the episode wrote the not the target novelization. Right. Uh, she's she she did she wrote the target novelization of this uh, October of 1990. She's one of what, making her the third woman to write a Doctor Who target novelization. Barbara Clegg wrote Enlightenment, I think, and Pip 
Baker along with uh, sorry Jane Baker sorry I get them Pip is just kind of a, a Jane Baker along with Pip wrote several yeah I think they I think they novelized all of their stories yeah usually one of those just died recently mm. sadly yes unfortunately usually it was Terence who wrote most of the yeah. target novelizations. And we're watching. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah uh, Jane Baker sadly died eighth uh, September this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. They wrote four serials for, uh, for the uh, in the nineteen eighties: Mark of the Rani, Trial of a Time Lord, parts of it, um, the Terror of the Vervoids, and the Ultimate Vo ones. Right. They were brought in to finish and, the, the yeah. ultimate foe, I think. Yeah. Right. And Time of the Rani, yeah. Which I just saw Saturday, so this is a nice uh, bookend yeah. with that. Silent green is made of... No, no spoilers. I was, I was avoiding <laughs> that, Dave. <laughs> Because yeah, Mike never gives away the ending to anything. What? <laughs> never. never. Not even from never. books. <laughs> Actually, the mouth's looking very good there. It's moving very well. It is, yeah. I mean, think back to Gridlock. Um, you know, the cat people were only slightly better in that. Uh, I think there was a lot more expressive right this in in there how how many times have companions been taken over I mean you think of snake dance and uh oh, yeah. what other ones oh that was a nice change yeah fear Rose must live Rose Tyler and new earth. Yep. Right. Must be more than that. Uh, and just uh, briefly, while uh, while we have this um, little uh, couch chat. Listed <laughs> uh, in the credits too is playing cheetahs uh, Adele Jackson, uh, Basil Patton, Emma Doral, uh, Leslie Meadows, Samantha Leverett, and uh, Susan Good. Oh, I don't know which one of them ran away. <laughs> I'm thinking it was Samantha because she's the only one who didn't do episode three. <laughs> 
it's it's the only the only um, cheated person who did not appear in episode three. It's a bit, a bit like Utopia, where at the end of the universe, how are you going to get back? How are they going to get out? They, you know, there was no way they could get back to Earth, and that was solved in about ten seconds. Yep. After that cliffhanger ending, yeah. yeah. Utopia on into. Hello. I'm saying my mother pr- I got was it my mother had me tested <laughs> and then you're thinking hang on a minute hang on a minute we've only been going 8 minutes and 52 seconds right. and the story's over what, what's their game got another 16 and a half minutes well Quick, Fifteen self-defense class and good. Unfinished business, you see. Midge. Midge. You see, that was an artifact from the 80s called a landline telephone. telephone yeah. Back when they had cords. <laughs> it was attached to the wall. Yes. You mean, and not, mean to, one where... not to charge up, just attached to the wall permanently. <laughs> and you can't you can't move it to Washington and then California and then somewhere uh, else. New Jersey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As if by magic. Well, you could as if by magic, I've just time travelled up my wall unit. Looks like that. Just <laughs> got it now. As it's by oh. cheap plan. It's a funny shiny sleeves outfit. Yeah. <laughs> God, don't don't fashions date. I'm looking at that one in the blue with a funny hat. <laughs> and that's Adele Silver playing Squeak. And she's grown up some. <laughs> I mean that little innocent girl has grown up. Yes. No. No. Adele Silver has been one of the most uh, popular faces on British screens for two decades. She's uh, uh, plays Kelly Windsor uh, in uh, Emmerdale. Uh, the Daily Express described her as soap's sexiest star, and she made her screen debut. And guess what? 
this. Ah. Yeah. Yep, that's right. First of her appearance on TV. And she's all grown up, is she now, Ian? Yes. Yes, she is. (laughs) How would you know? (laughs) Uh, Most recently, she's... uh... I've been in Strippers versus Werewolves. Which, <laughs> a must-see uh, film, no doubt. Yeah, must-see film. Uh, crime stories. Uh, we still kill the old way. And uh, most recently, uh, playing Holly Mabel in uh, Casualty. 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 And she's appeared with a couple of Doctor Who alumni, and she? Noel Clark and Yes. It's Strippers versus Werewolves, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. He's got a protege. He's got a protege. <laughs> Sorry, what? Why did I say that? I think I think you fail your parade there, matey. <laughs> and playing the lads in, in self-defense here are Dominic Martinez, uh, Humphrey James, Jimmy Morris, uh, Keith Macy, Lee Towsey, uh, Michael Swawa, Sawa, sorry, huh? uh, Nick Ferranti, uh, Simon Horrell. Yeah. All of them. And unfortunately, I don't have time to look them all up. Because it's, <laughs> we're almost out of episode. Oh, hello. Uh-oh. Looks good with it, now. Huh? How prophetic. <laughs> Trail <laughs> oh, stops here. Yeah, yeah. This must be Halston Hill then right now. Oh, a great escape. Sorry, folks, Ooh, we're oh. watching. That was good. Tumble. Yeah. yeah. A doctor riding a motorcycle. Hmm. That hasn't been done in Modern Who. <laughs> Especially not up a building. <laughs> there we go. Oh. That was unexpected. That was a blast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh dear. Yeah, fangs, I think. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Not a hair out of place, though. Yes, some commentary this is. <laughs> yeah, blame Jeff. It's all my fault. Yeah, when they were filming this episode, they didn't know for a fact that this would be the final story. Uh, it was afterwards that uh, J&T realized that this is actually the end. And after the episode is done filming, they he had Andrew Cartmel write up a short monologue for uh, McCoy to record. And so McCoy was brought into the studio to record that final monologue, which we'll hear at the end. Uh, interesting date. He was brought in on the 23rd of November, 1986. To record, sorry, eighty, not eighty-six. I'm, 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 eighty-nine. To record that twenty-six years. That's the six that I was looking for. Twenty-six, third, twenty, twenty-six years after. Uh, about yeah. a year ago, I went to a pub in Manchester called La Salauri. Twenty-three, twenty-six. Uh, about a <laughs> year on. ago, I went to La Salauri where uh, Andrew Cartmel was uh, sorry, giving a talk. Day? He was giving his talk about, uh, you know, his time as uh, script editor. Um, and he did a, a marvelous talk, and uh, he was he was very pleased with a lot of the stuff that uh, he produced, and a very appreciative audience there listening to him. Um, so it was a good event. Hmm. See, Dave's problems with math earlier got to me there. No, it's no, con- no, no. It's Ian contagious. Edited, Ian edited that out. <laughs> yeah, he edited that out. Uh-huh. Did he? Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just neat to note that McCoy's last recorded lines for the TV series were the was on the 26th anniversary of the show, and the show ended. Of course, this episode, as we mentioned earlier, this episode, part one, aired on the 22nd of November '89. Uh, part two, week later, 29, and this episode that we're watching right now, 6th of December, 89. You see, I was in my prime then. You're, you're seeing a faint shadow of me now. There you go, Lisa Barman. Uh, oh, masked. unmasked. <laughs> we shouldn't get in each other's brains, Ian. No. <laughs> it's messy. She's a lovely person. I've seen her at a few uh, conventions as well uh, on my YouTube page. Got a, a chat with her and the big Finnish production team talking. Really good. Interesting. I mean, this kind of um, says that the, the, the master has lost his TARDIS. Mm. He's trying to pick the doctor's Mm. which was something that was 
for the, for the new series when when Utopia when Master was brought back it was kind of where's the where's the Master's TARDIS well, right the, even there the Doctor uh, the Doctor had his TARDIS stolen by the Master mm-hmm. but we're assuming of course that uh, in the most recent episodes uh, with the return of the Master. <clears throat> That uh, the master now has a TARDIS again. Yeah, there was a reference to that in the mm. finale. Yep. Huh? Hello? Oh. Well, that's not a Gallifreyan sky, is it? No. <laughs> no. If I see a hut, we'll know where we are. <laughs> Repeat that, would you? Repeat that, please. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that was better edited now or he just repeated it. <laughs> Oh, there, that's a nice view for Ian. <laughs> Choppers, Ian. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Martin, she looks familiar, I think. Is she in, like, EastEnders or something? Yeah, she is, looks like a soap actress, doesn't she? Now, I don't suppose this was actually filmed in anything other than stereo sound. I bet they could have done a real, um, a real good trick on this with the audio if it had been five point one or something. Right. Like the show is about to enter wilderness. wilderness. Yes. <laughs> One of her best lines. And we're about to hear that speech that was recorded later and dubbed in. Yep. Whom? Here we go. Silence in the room. There we go. Yep. Uh, Famous last words. Thus ended Doctor Who. Yep. For forever. <laughs> At least seven years. <laughs> then we had tie-in novels. We had. 
BBC well, Eighth Doctor Adventures eventually in novels. Followed by a minute of credits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. True. The music composed by Ron Grainer. Wouldn't be until Day of the Doctor that uh, Delia got her due and the closing credits. Yeah. Bye, you could see their names in those days. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You could write them down. <laughs> yeah. The star doesn't usually have a, as big a name as that nowadays. <laughs> well, sometimes they put the companion first. <clears throat> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That never happens. Director. And the director. And lots of X's there. <laughs> NL, XXS, 1X. I'm glad no one uses that to number their podcast episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. That's a bit of trivia for you. <laughs> you beat me to it. All right. Since you beat me to it, you can go first. Dave, it's wrap up time. Wrap up. Well, I think I'm wrapped up. I'm, I think I've shown I'm over the hill here. But remember, I was in my prime when this went out 25 years ago. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think we've we've established that, and uh, there's no <laughs> references, no trace of any other reference left in the recording. No. So, um, no, I, I I enjoyed that. It it was. Um, I remember when first watching it, it was a, a rather bizarre, you know. Um, and we did have a few of those in the the Seventh Doctor series, you know, these sort of um, slightly vampire type of stories, sort of uh, spooky ones. Um, but it, it, it was a good mix, um, and there's no doubt about it, whether you knew this was going to be the final episode or not, or whether you were surprised by it, there's no doubt about it that uh, both Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred had refined their uh, their working relationship extremely well. We have a very very good fit here with the two uh, performing. Um, you, you know, you may have some doctors that you know it's eight percent the doctor. You know, you're a big David Tennant fan or whatever, and the tenth Doctor fan, and you almost don't care who goes along for the ride because you're you're only interested in in the doctor but here it's definitely a double act it's um um sophie alfred to me sophie aldred for me was uh, one of the you know the top uh companions in the classic series uh always tended to play somebody a good 10 years younger than herself she did lots of other work as well she did a lot of other children's tv uh, so she was i think a very good actress, even there in, the, in some of those scenes, uh, uh, change arounds, is a switches, a uh, 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 little ways of talking to the professor, uh, a deference to Sylvester actually elevated him as uh, as a person and a character, because with the diminutive stature of uh, Sylvester, you know, it, he he wasn't leading man material in that sense, but the very fact that she you know, hung on his every word. She, she, she took him as the fount of knowledge. She, she acknowledged him as the the man who would solve things. That 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 gave status and uh, gravity to Sylvester that Sylvester didn't always have, and that of course was because of the the, the tomfoolery that that was there in those earlier episodes. So, although I must admit uh, I wasn't the greatest fan of them. Uh, I did like them. My son, uh, uh, Matthew, 
the seventh doctor was his doctor so he's a real fan of them and 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 can overcome a lot of the failings with the uh, with the uh, this later series but I really enjoy watching that. Uh, the first episode was a little bit slow placed. It seems amazing, actually, that a three episode story just about gets filled here because normally you would expect that to have been in four parts. And you, me, you saying, well, that was a four part story that could have been in a three part story. Uh, this, this almost could have been done. In the modern terms of Doctor Who, it could have been done in a one-part story. But I still do like the cliffhangers. I think I think they cheated a little bit on the the recaps and the uh, the bit at the beginning of each episode. So take out the sort of 56 seconds at the beginning, the minute at the end, and a good 20, 25, 30 seconds. You've you've basically got an episode is you're down to the 21 minutes of Twilight Zone episodes here in terms of actual new footage. Uh, nice to see it all filmed outdoors. I thought the sporting cast did a, a reasonably good job. And I think I'll leave a few other tidbits for the other guys to mention. So back to you, Ian, to decide who's going next. Next up, Mike. All right. Well, there are two ways to approach this story when reviewing it, either as as it as it is, as a standalone story, or you could review it as the end of the series, as the end of Doctor Who. I'm mainly going to focus on it as as a story, as for what it is, and for what it is, it's it, it's a nicely structured story in in three in th- in three parts. It's we have this this parallel that well not parallel but we have these two different locations that we have the Paravel and the Cheetah Planet, and we we have this the the Masters plan in this episode and how it connects to the the cheetah people and then how it all ties together in in episode three it's nicely paced this story and and as it is uh perhaps could have could have could have maybe done a bit more with the cheetah cheetah people i know that as i mentioned the the makeup there they weren't as expressive as the writer wanted Eh, that's just the costume department, I, I guess, um, but it, it had this had a nice, nice pacing. It was it was a well written story. I enjoyed it. Uh, of course, in saying this, I didn't see this episode until like 2006 or so. Uh, PBS when I was a kid, PBS late 80s, PBS did show Doctor Who. I just don't remember ever seeing survival as a as a kid in the in the early 90s i don't don't remember ever seeing it don't remember seeing many of of mccoy's episodes back then it's only it was only back in 2005 or so when i rediscovered doctor who thanks to the new series that i went back and rewatched the classic series and eventually got to this and and now i will approach it from the other side as the end of the series uh, it doesn't work. It 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 isn't really. It wasn't meant to be of the end of the series. At the end of Doctor Who. Not no story was ever really meant to be the end of Doctor Who. We have that that the speech added on at the end. That's the only indication that this was the end. Actually, from what I'm reading, when it was broadcast, there was no indication given to the audience that this was the end of Doctor Who. Um, previous final episodes of a series would 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 feature uh continuity announcements saying doctor who will return next year uh this one actually didn't so i guess that's the only indication back then at the end of the 80s that doctor who would not be returning 
of course, the thing with Doctor Who when it ended at this time, of course, there was the, there was this whole climate at the BBC working against Doctor Who, trying to get it off the air. The BBC didn't want it, but it's a shame that it ended here because it was in this season that the writers figured out this is what we want to do with McCoy's Doctor. This is where we. This is the direction we want to take this character and what we want to do with his companion. It was just this was it. This was the end. It, in Curse of Fenric and in a ghost light, even this this entire season, we see beginning we begin to see that change where they could have gone, and it's just that great wish. What 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 if? What if they could have continued? But the show ended here, and we never saw on TV, televised Doctor Who. But uh, this was a good indication that they, that they were on the right track. If only they could have kept going. But as it is, the story. I liked it overall, just in terms of story and overall in the show where they were going. So two reasons why I definitely do like this episode. And there we go. All right. Jeff. Well, I enjoyed this episode a lot myself. Um, You know, as Mike was saying, we started to see the show come back in in storylines and uh, it was just very well done. The, The writers... They, they knew where they were going for once. Uh, we were kind of me- meandering there for a few series or seasons back in the mid and late 80s. So it was just good to see uh, the show have a direction and the characters have um, somewhere to go with their with their characters. Uh, I big doc- Seventh Doctor fan, so obviously I like the Seventh Doctor and just a great pairing with Ace. Uh, they, I think they're one of the better uh, duos in the in the show's history, right up there with the Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane, almost. Um, I maybe second or third best pairing of two people, you know, the Doctor and the Companion. So um, I really thought that they were going in the right direction. Andrew Cartmel came in, and uh, he had an this plan apparently and uh, we were starting to see that implemented and then the show got pulled uh, which was just very unfortunate because they, they were hitting their stride I thought uh, as far as this story goes um, a little slow for part one but uh, that happens a lot with Doctor Who you, you get uh, a slow beginning to it in the classic era especially and it, it picks up and really builds steam. And I thought this one did do that. It was nicely paced for three three episodes. And it could almost fit into the new series, I thought. Uh, it had a lot of the style, if you will, of the, uh, the new series of Doctor Who. In fact, I, I think we've heard... Um, uh, Moffat say that it would fit into the new series with very few changes. Now, I know Mike doesn't care for Moffat too much. Do you, Mike? But uh, um, I, I think he's right. Uh, I think I think this could have been with just maybe a bit better effects, maybe a little bit of tightening in the story could have fit into uh, the 2005 series um, it, as a continuation of, of the classic series. And it's too bad we didn't get to see where these characters ended up, uh, especially Ace. Uh, That's the only companion where we really don't see an end uh, for that character. 
And I know we have the novelizations and the audio stories that kind of continue on, but uh, they're not really uh, canon per se as far as or as much as the TV show. So it, it's kind of uh, uh, unfortunate that we don't see what happens to Ace, at least from the TV standpoint. Uh, I know they had considered having her for the Eighth Doctor story, uh, the TV film, uh, coming back. But then uh, one of the parties involved canned that idea. So um, it's just too bad we didn't get to see what happened to her. I love the master in this story. Uh, I think this was one of Anthony Ainley's better master stories. Uh, I, I think they finally got the tone right for his character, for his incarnation of the master. And it's too bad that, again, that we see it happen right at the end of the series. But uh, uh, as a wrap-up, this was, this was fun, uh, very classic for classic Doctor Who, uh, again, they were hitting their stride, and uh, they they did a lot of things right. They hit a lot of the buttons just right for this story, and uh, um, uh, it's too bad they didn't continue. But uh, very good story overall. Back to you, Ian. Okay, and that just leaves it up to me. Um, yeah, it's I, I always keep looking at this story as being, you know. Um, the closest thing we've got to modern who in, in classic who kind of meeting, you know, you've got this, uh, little darker storyline. Um, you've got some, uh, some nice visual effects going on. You've got some nice makeup effects going on. The show's definitely moving in the right direction. Unfortunately, um, the BBC didn't see it that way. And, and, uh, basically had, had given up on the show at this point. Which is a shame because it finally was falling into the hands of the people who who could take it somewhere, you know. And uh, the funny thing is, is by pulling the plug, it ended up in the hands of, of people who are now taking it somewhere. Uh, interestingly enough, um, most of what I'm saying is just agreeing with everybody that's just gone before me. But hey, what do you do? Um, love the master in this, you know. Finally, Anthony Ainley's kind of shaken off the um the the pantomime kind of master that he that he uh kind of got lumbered with um we get a more serious tone to him and 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 him fight trying to fight off this change that he's undergoing as well um it's a, a nice little you know rather than oh the doctor foiled my plans drat and you know slink off into the into the shadows you know here we've got a, a real kind of battle going on it's a it's a shame that we didn't get to maybe see a follow-up to this of you know uh, the Doctor and the Master meeting again, and and seeing what the outcome was. Maybe the intention was to to carry this storyline forward, and and have a few more meetings between the Doctor and the Master, and and seeing how he evolved, you know whether he managed to to, to shake this off or not. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things we'll never know. Uh, only Cartmel, only Cartmel knows. <laughs> But yeah, it's it. I I think it's a great story. I think it you know you could it's it's probably the 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 one story I think from classic Who that you could remake now and and you'd still have pretty much the same episode except for that hail and pace because um, <laughs> that was just that was a shoehorned in appearance um, if if ever I've saw seen one. But uh, 
yeah, great episode. Um, glad we got the chance to do it. Uh, thanks to Dave for the suggestion. Of course, uh, you know, his math isn't up to much, but, <laughs> you know, it's not what we pay him yeah, for. He edited that bit out. Oh, yeah, that's right. I edited that bit out. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jeff. Uh, it was great to have you on this special episode. Well, thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, hope thank- you, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Oh, absolutely. Since this is a Christmas episode. We're supposed to be in the Christmas spirit, folks. It's only a week out. <laughs> He's making his excuses for taking 10 days to edit it. Yeah, there you go. It well, likes he to come out to next edit, Christmas. <laughs> he has to edit out all that stuff about your math. Yeah. It takes forever. Shh, shh, shh. They, don't, they didn't notice that. They didn't see it. They didn't hear it. Hear what? Yeah, exactly. Oh, your math. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for this Christmas special. Of course, it's nothing like the Christmas special we're about to see. The one that Mike's going to absolutely love this time. That's implying that I'm watching it, which I'm not. So, <gasps> uh, Will he? Will he? Won't he? Will we get him on a commentary for it? <laughs> one will only have to wait and see. But until then, it's goodbye from Jeff. The Seventh Doctor. And it's goodbye from Mike. Uh, <laughs> I goofed that up. <laughs> Randall Thor. Mike's a goof. <laughs> <laughs> it's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Crumble. So it's 25 years ago, was it? 25 years ago. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Give or take a decade. <laughs> what is a decade in the scheme of things? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.